It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, we're taking the podcast on the road this season. We want you to come with us. We're heading to Tampa. We're heading to Nashville. We're heading to New Orleans and maybe a couple other surprises. Thanks to fansofphilly.com. That's P-H-A-N-S, fansofphilly.com. They put all the packages together for us. We're going to hit the road. Set it and forget it. Four-star hotels, direct flights, tickets to the game, tailgates, pregame festivities, and can be a part of our show's as we're there the whole weekend, wherever we are going. Fansofphilly.com. Make sure you use the code BGN so we all stick together and come have fun with us as we cheer on our Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles, and take over every stadium that we are in this season. Fansofphilly.com. Promo code BGN. Fit squad. Next level. BGN Radio, let's go. Welcome to the next level. The Crim de la Crim, Saran Davenport, Barrett Brooks, linked with BGN. Next level boys breaking down the game of the podcast out, but they not the same. TD the fly one, keep the suits and the wingtips. Honest opinions from the Gibsons to the Winces. I'm left-handed, Barrett Brooks got my blind side. Super Bowl winner, see the game from a champ size. Route concepts down, the techniques in the trenches. You want to learn football and tune in and listen. BGN Radio, Next Level Podcast. You thinking about discussing the Eagles? Better stop that. From senior bowl workouts to the draft, down to training camp. Breakdowns of all 22, they the best at that. Special insights, giving sight to the blind. So sit down, push play, and when they done, rewind. Next Level. We're back. Once again, the Next Level Podcast is back from remission. Yeah, I mean, we're, it's, we're it's, back in it's, action. It's football starting up, so of course we're going to be back. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? No doubt. So you know what it's time to do. It's time to dust off the doorknob, turn it, open the door, and walk up the steps. The Next Level Podcast, you are going to the up. <laughs> Haven't said that in a long time. I'm Teron Davenport here with Barrett Brooks. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Fresh. Fresh, fresh off of the Eagles' first day of OTAs, voluntary OTAs, first field workouts. And Very yeah. interesting things happened today between on the field and off the field. Let's start it off with the release of Michael Kendricks. He's a guy we talked about a lot on this podcast. He's someone that you know we both gave credit to, you especially, early in the process no as question. far as his outstanding play. 17 tackles against the Panthers. Let's make no mistake about it. 77 tackles on the year, 
two sacks. What is the deal with this release? Well, they definitely didn't get better by releasing him. Period, point blank, they did not get better. The fact that they let him go just shows how serious the cap issues are with this team. Uh, before the cap, before they released him, they were right at around $300,000, $350,000 before they'd be over the cap. So they need a little wiggle room, I guess, to sign a couple people. And I guess he asked for his release. I don't know. I mean, I can't confirm that. But that'd be the only way in which they would make this move, really. I mean, because why would they just up and just let this guy go? Considering the fact that, especially since uh, – uh, what's, what's the Worlow. Worlow. Yeah, Paul Worlow. Worlow goes down. They're saying, you know, it might be a major injury. You know, so I just I just don't understand why they would make it unless he asked for it, number one. And number two, they were just so cash-strapped that they had to make a move. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And Worlow, by the way, he has a torn ACL. I so saw when out. that happened. Yeah. Um, he kind of collided with Corey Nelson, the guy who was signed to compete with Kendrick exactly. for, for that Will linebacker um, spot. Out of, out, of, out of Denver, yes. Exactly. And uh, they kind of collided. Warlow went down, and he was holding his knee. And it, it, it's almost like anytime you see a guy banging the turf, you know it's a real injury. Right, And right. that's what he was doing. And they brought the air cast out. They brought the, the cart, and they took him out of there. He was the guy that I think was going to be depth at, at, at Sam, you know, behind Nigel Bradham, but also give you that depth. As as a middle linebacker too, losing him and then releasing Kendricks that leaves them with eight eight linebackers on the roster. I think one of the things that that a lot of people are not looking at is, is Leroy Reynolds signing mm-hmm. him. I think that gave them a little bit of flexibility as far as being able to move on from Kendricks. Obviously, Corey Nelson we mentioned, but when you look at Reynolds, he's a guy that. Is not the best linebacker, so to speak, but he's a special teams guy, so he gives you that depth there. Uh, I I think they're going to be okay, but it's just not a move that I would have made. I understand there's there's cap issues and things that you have to work out, but you're releasing a pretty darn good player. No, he, uh, 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 I say he's top three on the team as far as linebackers. You know, we're talking about Kendricks turned the corner last year and his ability number one to really understand the defense. He, it finally clicked in his head how to play this game. He used to outrun things because he's such a great athlete. He used to overrun plays, um, just run, you know, with, with blind abandonment and, and, and lose a lot because he would overrun things so much. Well, he finally slowed down for him. He finally put himself in a position where he was now telling others where they needed to be on the play and how he would help them in, 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 in understanding how to play the linebacker position. This guy came in at a crucial point in the year, which allowed you know Nigel Bradham to come in and play the mic, and he could play the Will and Sam. And with all these teams going to eleven personnel, that's one mm-hmm. running back, one tight end. It's only a two linebacker system, and, and he felt as though I guess he wanted to release because I doubt seriously if they were going to allow him and Hicks and and Bradham on the field at the same time because nobody ran, nobody runs, uh, you know. Offenses where they have two tight ends or two fullbacks, or I mean, a running back and a fullback, or two running backs on the field at the same time. So it was it was like a waste of his talent because he would only play probably forty percent of the plays. Back to that same thing that he had going on the year before, twenty seven. You know, so year. I mean, it's 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 big for him because there's a lot of teams at this point that have some money they can pay him, and he's worth being paid what he was about to get paid here for the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like they were just gonna, you know, they were just gonna pay him for nothing. He is worth what you would pay him because he's that good of a player. He's that 
good an athlete. He's probably pound for pound the best athlete on the team. Well, now that he's gone, you know, he's 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 a guy that they're going to miss him a lot. They're going to miss him an awful lot because we all know Hicks got um, injury history. You know, he didn't play last year. Last, the year before last, his first full season. Uh-huh. So, you know, you're relying on young guys to go out there and play. Can Corey Nelson go out there? Joe Walker, you know, who's just coming off an injury. I mean, there's a lot of guys which, you know, have to make some definite impacts, you know. Can Nathan Gary or Nathan Gary be that guy that they drafted out of Nebraska to be a linebacker, not a safety? Right. I watched his progression, man. He's gonna be he's looking pretty good also. You know, he's definitely gonna be dominated in special teams, but can he fill that role if somebody gets hurt and he comes in? So this is definitely a serious, serious um uh, you know, move for the Eagles to make, you know, this soon, considering the fact that now they lose one as of injury and they lose one because of cap issues. Yeah, I think definitely what they go against is, is impacting what they do on, on their roster. You look at within the division, you got the Giants who use, you know, 11 personnel. You know, they use the three receivers. You got the uh, the Redskins that do it frequently because Jordan Reed is always hurt. So exactly. they're forced to do that a yep. lot more. And then you look at – um, who else? Uh, the Cowboys. You know, they, they roll Cole Beasley out. I wanted to mention these three teams and how they use three receivers because the next thing I want to get into is Sidney Jones. And I tell you what, I was thoroughly impressed with Sidney Jones watching him at the day one of OTAs. It was interesting because multiple times he lined up against Aguilar. And, you know, that's like two street cats. You, you know, Right, right. West Coast guys too. And and when I say street cats, I, I like I'm talking about a cat, the actual animal in the street, because right. they have that type of quickness. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. watching them just kind of go back and forth, you know, you would see Nelson come off the line, you know, give him that little bit of chatter, and then you know try to lean this way and break out, and, and Sidney was right there. I was really impressed with what he was he was doing, and just the fact that they moved him inside. To, to cover the slot, I thought that was interesting because – I didn't think they were going to do that. You know, I'll, I'll explain after you get to explain I, yours. I, I thought, you know, Jalen Mills – That's I, what I thought, Jalen Mills. Maddox, you exactly. know, Jay Mills played played the position at LSU in uh, 15. You know what I mean? So I thought that – or, yeah, 15. And I no, think he's 14, a, his, his second year. I think he's an aggressive player right. also, and I thought his aggressiveness would help him a lot in the slot. And I thought that would be a natural progression for him to go in there. But – they put Sydney in there, you know. Me and you know Derek Gunn, my coach from uh, from Quickslants, were going back and forth about it. So you know he made me eat crow today. Oh, where, where'd you say they put him? At? Oh, oh yeah, they put they put Sydney and uh, Sydney Jones in in the slot, huh? I'm like, mm, yeah, they did. I mean, I don't know how long it last, but right. I'm, I'm still under the impression he'll be on the outside. That's the thing that we have to look at. It's a, it's a trial basis. They wanted to see what they had out there. And Sidney, I, I talked to him about it. He said he he worked that way uh, briefly at Washington. But you saw during individual. And, and and this is where the next level stuff, like a lot of the other guys, they, just, they don't understand what the coach is instructing them. Exactly. Right? So I'm watching, and I, I see Coach Unlin working on getting depth in, in the drop in their zone, in their zone packages. You know what I mean? And That's it, for guys outside. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, That's that it, next level that we give you, baby. <laughs> and, and when you see that, I mean, because obviously, like you said, you're not going to work as much on on that, you, you know, when you're when you're playing inside. But it was funny because that transferred over later to practice. Uh, 
you had Nelson Aguilar lined up on the right side of the defense, the left side of the offense, and he ran one of those arrow routes. And Foles keyed on him. And Sidney read Foles keying on him, came off of his cover too, you know, the flat. Right, he's supposed, yeah, he was supposed to come with the flat. Came off of that and dropped back into the passing lane, jumped up and picked the ball off. So what you see with that kind of stuff is where a player takes the instruction that he was given earlier and applies it, and there's an example of it. Well, what you know, what he was saying was in cover two, the corner will go to the flat, and that and the only way he'll latch on is if it goes deep man. Maybe it's a it's a it's a nine route or 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 a route going straight down the field. Then he'll latch on man. But if he's in this slot and he drops back like he's on the outside and drops into the passing lane, that just goes to show his progression. And listen to what the coach saying. You know that that's the biggest thing. You know they don't have any pads on, no helmet on. But what what's great that these young guys have to understand is can they take the coaching from what they heard in that meeting room and apply it to out there real world situations mm-hmm. in practice. Yeah. And a lot of guys can't do that. You know, they'll look at X and O's and they'll regurgitate what you have your responsibilities on X and O's. But when you get on that field and the bullets start flying and then you got uh, you know, a hairline decision to make between a guy being a three technique or 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 a four eye technique, which is a head up on the tackle, and he's supposed to be a three eye. He may have just lined up there because he didn't wasn't supposed he, he he didn't know what he was doing, or it might be something they're trying to coach, you know, to make it, you know, so all right, he's still a three technique, but he's head up on the tackle. Those are all things you learn from just experience, and yep. they can really screw you up, you know, when you're a young player. Because like, all right, he's not a three technique. What do I do now? He's not. A, he's a defensive end now. When he's actually a three, he just wide. You know, guys like that. Warren Sapp used to line up like that. He'd line up on, on inside eye of the tackle. And we call it four eye, as opposed to being a three technique in the gap between the guard and the tackle. So it's hard to differentiate. How do you block this guy? If you got a double team, you got to drive block him to the backside backer. It's hard for you to bounce outside, and if somebody comes inside, to get an inside guy to block. Well, that's, you know, little things you learn from being out there. So the coach is really looking at how they process what they heard in that coach, in coaching in that meeting room. How do they apply to real-world situations outside in practice when it's going full speed and you're trying to go full speed? Can you apply what they just told you and go full speed with it? Some guys be out there going half speed. It's not because they're lazy, not because right. they don't know how to do it. Is more so, all right, I didn't know what to do. So that hesitation, you can't play with that hesitation in the NFL. And this is exactly what we were talking to Shelton Gibson about at his locker <laughs> exactly, after yeah. practice. He was talking about how he's more comfortable in the offense. And I said, okay, well, that means your speed is going to start to show more, right? And he, he said exactly. First thing you said, and, too, yeah. <laughs> and, and so when you see a guy like like Sidney Jones take what, what has uh, been – coached to to him throughout the year last year, then even literally within the same practice and apply it, you see the good results. He's saying that 2018 is going to be his year. Last year, you know, in that 2017 draft class, it was Marshawn Lattimore's year. Now, hindsight's 2020. I may – no, I'm not changing. I still think Sidney Jones is the best the number corner, one corner. In, in, that, yep. in that draft yep. class. And no I question. think this is going to be the year where he could show it. Just the fact that they're moving him inside is just showing further his versatility. And I think it's just going to make him a better player in, in total because now he can come in and play any position in that second, well, cornerback position, left or right or slot. 
No question. You know, you look at that, man. You know, speaking of the draft, man, I really wasn't impressed from this year's draft, um, you know, because I don't think that they drafted guys really to play now with the exception of the second-round pick, Dallas, you know, Goddard. Mm. Everybody else I think is a project. But looking at that, I think that they're so stacked as far as their number twos that they could afford to do that. And they're getting guys that they see as future guys that can go in and play for us when all these cap hits start happening. They can move these guys into positions where, you know, they, they can play for a lower price tag. I'll I tell you a good example. Obviously, Avante Maddox is someone who has been impressive. He came in, and he'll probably be a guy to play the nickel. He'll be a guy to play outside. But looking outside of the draft, Devontae Balsby out of Pittsburgh State, he's been in the league, I think, for about three years now. Mm -hmm. But I talked to him out after practice and just how things were starting to come together. You mentioned uh, Dallas Goddard. He was inside, in between the two eights, as as Goddard ran his routes. He was in between the two eights. He actually had uh, (laughs) red zone, red zone, um, red zone uh, portion of seven on seven. No, yeah, seven on seven. He ran the corner route for Goddard, cut him <laughs> off, and, and, and jumped up and picked the ball off. And then they, they had Goddard run a, a slant from the slot, and, and he was able – now, Bosby is 6'1", I say 189. Yeah, If yeah. that, he was able to get through that 6'5", 256 pounds that Goddard has. He was able to get through it and around it and knock the ball down. So he's another one of those guys as – you look at Ronald Darby, right? Who knows what's going to happen with him after this year? Yep. I think he's going to have a good year, and I think in that having that good year, he's going to price himself out of the Eagles. So yep. I don't think Darby is going to be back, not because he shouldn't be back, because he'll be too expensive. Yep. So now you got a guy in in Bosby who was working on the left side with the second team, and then working on the right side with the third team, and then we talked about guys moving aside and and, and covering the slot. Well, guess what? They already came to him about doing that, and he said that that's going to be in the future too. So you look at what they're doing as far as cross-training their cornerbacks, they're cross-training their their safeties also. You know, Malcolm Jenkins dropping down. Trey Sullivan is another one that we need to talk about. He had a tough practice uh, against the the offense in day one, but I think he's someone that could come in and and be that number three safety for them. So They love the way he hits too, you know. Exactly. He came in last year trying to take guys' heads off when he gave him the opportunity in those those preseason games. We called him the wig splitter. No question. No question. I mean, you know, talking about cross-training also, I mean, look at the offensive line. You know, they brought in some guys that, you know, I didn't necessarily think they were, uh, you know, they were going to play now, you know, and, and I still don't believe they'll play now. But just the fact that they're going to come in and, and, and really try to make something happen, like a guy like Matt Pryor. Matt mm-hmm. Pryor played tackle and guard, and he said that's what he's been doing. He's been flip-flopping the tackle and guard and going back and forth across the line of scrimmage also as far as, you know, uh, you know, from guard to guard, tackle to tackle on both sides. And he's saying, man, you know, it's tough. You know, I'm trying to learn every position. And I told him, I said, look, man, you know, that's how I extended my career four more years because of that. You know, I, I, I would play tackle my whole career in the NFL until my last four years. You know, I started left tackle for, for six years, started right tackle for two years. And then after that, I was virtually labeled a backup. So from that, uh-huh. that point on, I played guard, got Played very well at guard. In fact, if I'd have came out of guard, I'd have probably been all pro, man, if I'd have just played guard coming out. 
And then I started playing center also, which allowed it and afforded the Steelers then to say, all right, we'll just dress you instead of dressing two people. Usually you dress a center, and a center can play guard and tackle, and or you dress a center and a tackle that can play tackle and play guard. Well, with me, they just dress me, and I can play guard, center, and tackle. So that's two more of the guys that you could you don't have to dress out that can play. You can you know you could dress a, a linebacker now or another receiver now as opposed to having those offensive linemen up you know on game day because you're only allowed to you know dress 45 guys. Yeah, yeah, it's all about having that versatility, and that's right. what and I told him. You got to keep yeah. doing that. Bro. That's how he will will make the roster and continue exactly, to you know. know be a part of the exactly. the active roster itself. And you look at say Umalo, he's another one that they use for that. Wisniewski, I mean. The guy has played right tackle. He's played guard. He's played a lot of positions. So they're in a good situation offensive line-wise because they have so many guys. I was new. He's, he played center as well. So yep. they have guys. He's that, played that more they center could, than he played guard. Right, right. So And and he played guard very well last year. Right, so, right. you know, that's when things started to take off, when he got inserted into the lineup. Well, so, let me ask you this, though. Looking at the running back position, did you see anything yeah. that would that would that really – Made you think, all right, I'm, you know, we're cool now with with the running back situation. Are we are we solid there? So I didn't see anything really to make me think, all right, we're solid, solid there. You know, the whole craze over JJ just it, it amazes me. <laughs> I, I'm serious. When I watch JJ and 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 no offense to him, you know, I don't like talking bad about players, but when I watch JJ, I see someone who he will never make anybody miss. You get him in the open field, you know, they, they let him hit that alley, you know, on those on those outside zone runs. Yep. The stretch plays where Kelsey pulls and he seals it. And and you got the backside linebacker coming and catching. I don't want that in my start. Like you have to either be able to make someone miss or run somebody or, or, over. Or, or or run somebody over without fumbling the football. Right. So for me, when I see Jay Ajay and everybody wants to put their future of of the Eagles running back situation into his hands, I don't necessarily agree with that. And this is why I said over and over again how they should have drafted Ronald Jones, how they should look at, at selecting him. Well, look at me. See, this is this is just off the cuff, people. I'm, this isn't something we discussed earlier. We were at practice today, and I hadn't even said anything to him about this, but I just wanted to see if he saw what I saw, and I just didn't see that that impact player mm-hmm. at the running back position show today. You know, it's still early. There's no pads there. But I had been in, you know, 12 training camps, 12 OTAs, and I didn't see some guys with a little wiggle, and I didn't see some guys with some power. I didn't see guys, you know, with no pads on and, and no helmet on, but you still stepped out of his way. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't see that today. I mean, Corey Clement, of course, he's, 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 he's the real deal. Oh, yeah. Clement's yeah. the real deal. Clement we're, is we're not the real discussing deal. him. Yeah, he's the real and deal. And catching the ball out of the backfield as well as running the ball. Yep. He, I mean. I mean, he know, might be a feature back now. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I could, I could, I personally would legitimately give him more snaps and carries than J.H.I. I would do that. In all honesty, I think Wendell Smallwood, if he could just stay healthy, I think he's someone else that could give him that guy because. Man, when he hits those holes, he hits them. He's gone. You know what I yep. mean? And and he and will get to that second that. level yeah. and, and exactly. go. You know, uh, Pumphrey is another one. He he shined today as far as catching the ball out the back. Well, he's going to be a situation. I told him. I, I said I said DJ, what you need to do is is go back 
in history and watch Eric Metcalf. Because I see that's what exactly. they're going to work to do with yes. him. You know, and he was like, who? I said, yep. oh, bro, check Eric the internet, Metcalf, man. No question, you know, man. That's just like Josh Adams. I, I, yep. We didn't even get to talk about him. I told him, I said, man, anybody ever tell you that, that you remind them of Chris Warren? He reminds me of old school Chris man, Warren, come man. On, man. Back I mean, in the upright day. running exactly. style. You know what I'm saying? Chris Warren. You know he he made he made he made uh, the Seattle Seahawks with him. Oh yeah, man. yeah. You with Dave Craig, no and, question. And those cats, no man. question. He made it, man. And and people talk about that all the time. He was one of the premier backs in the league, but he's so far up north in Seattle. People didn't really trip mm-hmm. off Seattle, man. You yeah. was a West Coast team. You stayed on the West Coast. It wasn't all this multimedia now when you could see all these games. You know, I remember back in the day, man, you either watched Dallas play, mm. the Steelers play, you know what I'm saying, or, or the L.A. Rams. You know, that's, you, you saw the big marquee, you know, teams, you know, and the 49ers. Raiders. Yeah, yeah, Raiders. And the 49ers, yeah. exactly. So, I mean, it's, it's – you look at that man and, and how they pick him up and put him down. He does remind not you think he does remind me a lot of Chris Warren, man. Yeah. So you know they they got some players, man. But I just I need to see, man. You know I was thinking maybe they should bring somebody in. You know I mean I want to see what what you know what what's the kid uh, from from Washington. I want to see what Matt Jones does. Oh Matt Jones, yeah, he's another one. But then you go back to the fumbling issue, right? Right, right. The guy fumbled eight times in, in two years and lost five of them. So not only is he fumbling, he's turning the football over too. And if I were the coach, I, I can't trust that. No. I, I cannot trust it because there aren't many things that deflate an offense as much as a, a fumble, you, you know. So you hurt, your, you hurt your off defense with that. But he does give you that ability to catch the ball out the backfield. He – he runs hard, so we'll see what happens there. But, I mean, you're right. You look at these running backs, there really isn't anybody that makes you say, other than, than Clement, that makes you say, okay, you know what, I know he's on, on, on the roster for years to come. Yes. You know what I mean? And that's just a shout-out to the Eagles for what they've been able to do as far as bringing in undrafted free agents. But it's also a diss to them because they neglected the running back position. I really think Ronald Jones is someone they really should have looked at. Well, and, of and, and, no. and he's an all-purpose. He's he he's he was probably the best all-purpose back in that second tier of guys we're talking about outside of Saquon Barkley and those guys. Mm-hmm. You know? I I actually ranked him ahead of Geis, to be honest with you, because when I watch Geis, what I see is guess what. Jay Ajay, you know, and, and when I see both of them, you know what I see? The old BMW commercials where they say no one or there's a lot you can learn from a dummy. Right. I see crash test dummies from them, you know, and that's that's just that's just me. But these guys thirst for contact and, and it's unnecessary. Right. Contact, right you know, right. so you look at Leonard Fournette. He changed his game all the way up, didn't he? He had to change had it to. all the way up, man. You know, you know, I, I just see so many. So many avenues this Eagles team needs to go. You know, you look at Big JP. JP looking like he's a a, a ballet dancer out there, mm-hmm. man. He still got them feet, bro. He, he looking good, man. You look at Carson right now, his injury, man. He, I'm looking at Carson. He mess around and be back the first game. He ain't playing with nobody. We're talking about five months out, and he's looking like that. He he might be, you know what I'm saying, all right, you guys don't believe in me? All right, I'm going to show you. You know, I tried to told y'all I was going. That's what I say back in the day, my my old people. I tried to told y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, though, and watching him, I mean, earlier in practice, uh, during um, when they were working on special teams, they were doing individual work. Coach Press Taylor was working with him, and they were kind of booting. And you saw him 
like not as hitch. agile. You saw a little yeah. hitch. Yeah, you saw a little but hitch. But the thing that impressed me is when they were working on the, the fast movement within the pocket, yeah. shifting and resetting and throwing, yeah. Yeah. and then catching and throwing. I was really impressed with how the the what you call the foot fire. Yep. You know yep. how his feet were were they Pistons. stayed moving, <laughs> and and, and yep. he was able to you know adjust his his throwing line. You know he cut the ball and just. Was moving and then planted and and stepping through and that was impressive for me. Yeah, I impressive. asked him uh, during the, the press conference just about the mental side of getting used to to having that brace on, and he said that's still something he's getting comfortable with. But he definitely feels good where he is, and he's just trying to you know trust how his body feels. So that being said, seeing that constant up and down with his legs and, and his feet, you know, in those drills, I was really impressed with him. No question, I was very impressed with him. I saw one little hitch, you know, whenever he threw. To the left, you know, and, and, and stepping and using that support from that left, you know, your left ankle, um, knee and driving the ball out. The ball was getting there, man, but you could still see just a little bit. Uh-huh. But we're talking about a guy that's only five right. months right. from being out of surgery, man. You know, so there's a lot of good things, man. This Eagles, uh, this team worked on, you know, and of course, you know, you know, the big guys up front look good, you know, defensively and offensively. Um, you know, we got a lot. To look forward to going oh, yeah. into camp, There's all these OTAs and mini camps and things of that nature. I can't wait, man. You know, and we're gonna have it here. Oh yeah, this is this is it. Next podcast. level is back, and yeah. the, you know, O line and D line. I don't look at them as much now because, I mean, you know, you out guys there ballet dancing right yeah, now, yeah, two you, hand touch. Man. You guys got to put the pads on, and that's right. that's when we'll right. really see. But real quick, the tight end position. I, I want to say this about Richard Rodgers, and. Man, this is unusual for me to to talk like this about players, but I don't know if he's running in sand or, or, or <laughs> you know, if if his cleats were sponsored by Timberland, but he was creating zero separation. And in addition uh, to that, you watch him run his routes. He's how tall? Mechanical is this guy? Six, man. Six 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 five. Yeah, he's six five. Isn't six, he? He used every bit of that six five and stood right up in his routes, and I'm just like, "Why are you doing this?" There's no question that he's going to be having some problems because if you look at him, man, he, he, why didn't he stay in Green Bay? They don't have, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, it's, he's hasn't done anything. He's been a third receiver, I mean, third tight end for all those years in Green Bay. He didn't go one notch to the second receiver, uh, second tight end. Right. It's the reason why he was a third tight end. That's why I said I never even talked about him because at this point, I don't, I don't know if he could show me anything. So. I don't think there's anything left with him, and that's why I think Billy Brown makes the roster. Billy Brown looked ten times better running the routes. Remember, he's a former receiver. He's much better in my book. Neither one of them are outstanding blockers, so we'll right, see what right. happens there. Goddard was impressive running his routes, even though Bosby was in his pocket. And Zach Ertz continues to be Zach Ertz, man. I, he's you know, some we talk about old players, and I talked to Zach about about this. He. One of the reasons why he stuck with football was because when he was in high school, his coach was Brent Jones. I didn't know from that. The, from the 49 is Brent Jones. And as soon as he said that, I started laughing because all I think about is Brent Jones getting blasted running those seam routes <laughs> like he always did. But I thought that was, that was pretty impressive. And he said Brent Jones saw him when he was 16 years old and told him, focus on football, stick to football. If you do that, you'll be in the NFL. Wow. Crazy, right? That's real crazy because Brent Jones is that dude, bro. 
He definitely number eighty four. That's my 84, time, man. That's running. my time period. Hey, there, yeah, yo, he you talk about using everything you got to to, to run. <laughs> that's what he did, but he he stayed catching the football. So that's next level stuff for you. You know, we'll take you around the country to 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 all the different teams and and, and talk about players from there. Listen, we're back. Going forward, this is uh, going to be a show that you're going to be able to enjoy every week. So we appreciate all the requests to get the show back. We appreciate all of your support and just all the listens that you guys give us. Like I said, we are back. And uh, just continue to tune in. You know, as always, we're brought to you by Clip It. Not really much to be clipping right now, but once the season starts, definitely get back in the mix with that. A lot of big things on the horizon, so definitely stay tuned. We will be back next week. I'm Teron Davenport. Follow me on Twitter at TDavenport underscore NFL. I'm Barrett Brooks at bbrooks 72 NBCS. Check us out. Next Level Podcast. Peace.